0: Hi, welcome to the Chasing the Wind series. We're taking a look at the book of Ecclesiastes and we are sitting down for a cup of coffee with King Solomon, the smartest, the wisest, the most handsome man in the world and also the richest man in the world. And we get to have coffee with him. So today I want you to open your heart and your mind as we dive into chapter three. King Solomon's gonna talk to us. He's going to answer our questions and he's gonna ask us some hard questions about seasons. Now, if you're from the South and you're joining us today, I'm not talking about deer season or turkey season or duck season. No, no, we're talking about the seasons of your life and how do you navigate those? And can there be joy found in the different seasons of life? Because what we're going to find out today is life is full of seasons. They change, they intertwine. And the question is, what approach are you going to take to life? Are the seasons of your life meaningless or Uh, Can there be beauty and wonder and joy found in the different seasons of your life? That is what we're going to find out today. So, I got you a cup of coffee here, and I have mine. Let's sit down, open our Bibles, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, let's have another cup of coffee with King Solomon. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, the Old Testament book, and we're going to go to chapter 3 today. Now remember, Ecclesiastes means preacher. So Solomon is the king of Israel, and he's the smartest, wisest, richest guy in the world, but he wants you to hear him as a preacher today. Uh, it's where we get the New Testament word "ecclesia" for church. Ecclesiastes means preacher, and Solomon's preaching to us. He's helping us understand life. The book of Ecclesiastes is best understood as an examination of life, And what Solomon is doing is he's helping you understand what life would be without God. He wants you to see the ugly nature of it, the meaninglessness, the purposelessness of life without God. And then he points you right at the truth that you were made for more than that, that life doesn't have to be like that. So far, we've looked at things like uh, pleasure and we've looked at things like self-improvement as approaches to life that end up being empty. Uh, We looked at the idea of Uh, work and what your work can be and what it is not without it being tethered to God. And today we're going to look at seasons. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, these first verses are some of the most famous in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's not a book that gets quoted a lot, but these verses do often at funerals. Let's read what it has to say. Uh, Verse 1, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now, those are some very famous verses, but what is Solomon really saying to us today? So let's explore what Solomon has to say about our seasons. So as we look at these opening verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, King Solomon over a cup of coffee is telling us about seasons. And the first thing we learn here is that our life is a season's your life is full of seasons, and they change throughout your life. We know this just looking at human development, right? If you're a parent, you've watched your children go through different stages, different seasons. You have the season of them being infants, and then they're toddlers, and then they're adolescents, and I'm going through with some of my kids like the teenage years, and those are different seasons. They look very different. In your own life, you know that life changes every so often. You remember probably what it was like to be a kindergartner, going to school for the first time. And then you remember elementary school and middle school. And then you remember high school and all that that brought. And then college, if you went to college, totally different experience. And then you remember your first job, your first home, getting married. You have all these seasons. And as you go through life, seasons continue to change. If you just got married and you have kids, new season. Your age changes. You're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. My grandmother, who passed away a few years ago, she always said this. She found that life completely changed for her around every five years. About every five years, it seemed to her that life changed. Everything around her changed. So what the Bible's telling you is there's truth in that. Life is full of seasons. No matter how long or brief your life is, you're going to go through seasons. Now, the second thing we find out here is this. God is sovereign over your seasons. That that word sovereign means in control. It's a Bible word for in control. God is in control over your seasons, which means if he's in control, you are not. And that's important to understand. You and I, we are not in control of our seasons, and you need to understand that. So if you untether the way you experience the seasons of your life from God, the Creator, who is in control, well, that is going to be a huge problem. Think about the things you're not in control over when it comes to seasons of your life. You didn't control where you were born. You didn't control who you were born to. You didn't control who your parents were. You didn't control like what color your eyes were going to be. You didn't control how tall or short. You didn't control your gender. You did not control the geography where you would live. I ended up with a Southern accent because I grew up in the deep South. I didn't choose that. It kind of happened to me, right? And if you grew up in Ohio, you sound a little different. And if you're in Canada, you sound a certain way. And right, if you grew up in a different country and you're joining us today, you may have a different nationality. You may speak a different language than I'm speaking right now. Again, most of us didn't choose those things. There's a lot out of our control, right? You also don't have a lot of control over when this life ends for you. God is sovereign over those things. So in life and death and so many matters in between, when it comes to our seasons, it is good to be reminded by these first few verses that God is the one who is in control of our seasons. Also, we learn here and we're going to see today that you need to determine your season. So not only do you understand that life is full of seasons and that God is in control of your seasons, then what you do is you don't get to uh, manufacture the season of your life, but you do need to determine what season you happen to be in. And I would ask you that big question right now. And I think it is an implied question that Solomon is asking you here. Where are you in life? Be honest about that. Like right now, say out loud, if you will, wherever you are, the season of life you're in. You may say, I am... uh, I'm in my late 20s, so I'm young, I'm married, and we have a toddler. That's a season of life. Or if you're a high school student, you may go, I'm a student, I'm a high school student, and I'm an athlete. Kind of talk about your season of life. If your kids have recently gone to college, and now you're what they call an empty nester, well, talk about that. Or if you just turned 70, and you're going into a new decade, and you may say, okay, I, I'm, I'm in my, my more elderly years, or I'm a, I'm a senior. Again, Sometimes just determining the season you're in and saying it out loud is a big step because often we don't want to admit it or we don't want to embrace it. And that brings me to the next thing. What you're going to find today in Ecclesiastes is that Solomon wants you to not waste your life. And since life is full of seasons, he doesn't want to wait, he doesn't want you to waste any of your seasons. And too often we do waste our seasons, we're going to learn today. Solomon wants you to embrace your season. Once you determine it, embrace the season you're in that's the thing. The Bible says here, there's a time for everything. You were designed for this. God created you for seasons. There's a time for you to be young, and there's a time for you to be middle-aged. There's a time for you to be old. There's a time for you to do certain things, and there's a time for you to do others. If you're joining me today and you're 80 years old, I don't, I don't recommend you going out and playing full tackle football today. Look, I'm 43, and I'm not going to do that. You would carry me off the field on a stretcher, okay? But you know what? My 12-year-old he likes football. My 15-year-old, he likes football. My little girl, she's playing a lot of soccer. I don't want to do that right now. That season has passed for me. Do you see? I need to embrace the season I am in, and if I don't embrace it, I could waste it. So today, we learn about seasons. God's in control over them, meaning we are not. Our lives, our lives are full of seasons. You need to understand that you need to determine what season you're in and and you need to embrace the season you are in. And that is just some of what God is teaching us here. Now, the next thing we need to figure out and ask is why? Why should we determine and embrace and not waste our seasons? So why is it so important that we learn to determine and embrace the seasons we are in? Well, the Bible tells us if we're not careful, we will waste it. See, when the Bible talks about seasons, what this chapter of Ecclesiastes is really about is the time you have in life, the time. And and you don't have much of it. That's a big reality check. It's a cold uh, splash of water in the face of all of us humans. Solomon says, your life is brief, it's so fast. It's going faster than you think and any of you who have lived long enough you know that Uh, Billy Graham in the 1980s spoke at Southern Seminary and he said this he said I'm blown away by how fast life is he was in his 60s at that point and he said if you would have told me when I was 20 how fast life would have fast forwarded to the point where I'm in my 60s I would have told you no way it can't be that fast and here's what Billy Graham said way back in the 80s he said it's so hard for me in my ministry to get young people to embrace and understand how brief and how fast life is going to be. Well, Billy Graham was basically describing uh, the condition of humans. That's why Solomon in ancient times was talking to us the same way. And again, this is so important for us to understand. We're not that different than the people of Solomon's day. We just have nicer toys and better technology. And that brings us to the point. See. Solomon's telling you there's seasons to your life and you can't do everything all the time. There's seasons for different things. There's times for different things. Even your day, there's a time for you to rest and sleep and a time for you to work. There's a time for you to invest in your kids a certain way. And then as they grow older, it changes. Life changes, your seasons change. But we live in a culture that tells us, and technology has perpetuated this, that you can actually do everything all the time. Not only can you, according to our culture, but you should. So we're driven to the edge of the cliff of burnout and wasting our lives. And sometimes we end up giving up. We go the nihilistic route like many of the Greeks. And we decide, well, life doesn't mean anything. Why am I trying so hard? And what ends up happening is because we try to do everything all the time, there's no rhythm or seasons to our life. We simply can't handle it. See, God not only is trying to get you to see that your life is full of seasons, but he's also trying to get, the, get you to see your design for it. If you don't embrace your season and determine the season you're in, you'll waste it. It could also be destructive to your life to try to live a different way than is appropriate to the season that you're in. Now, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter five talked to us about why time and the way we handle it and the way we capture it is so important. In chapter five of Ephesians, beginning in verse 15, he says this, "'Look carefully then how you walk,' Not as unwise, but as wise. Watch verse 16. Making the best use of the time. Your seasons, right? Because the days are evil. He says, don't be foolish about this. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, Paul calls the days evil. This connects perfectly with what Solomon keeps telling you in Ecclesiastes. Every single chapter, he's going to say, life under the sun. In other words, Solomon's telling you that he has watched people live life and he himself has tried it all. And he's tried to live life without being cognizant of the season that he's in. He's tried to do everything all the time and it did not work for him. It burned him out, it wore him out, he made a lot of mistakes. He doesn't want you to repeat that same thing. So Solomon describes this world that will rob you of your seasons and rob you of your time as being under the sun. It's a dark, evil place without God. And it's a dark, evil life that you will live, a meaningless one, a joyless one, if you don't tether your life to something outside of under the sun. This world under the sun will take your life and your time and your seasons and waste them. God warns you of that not only through Solomon, but the Apostle Paul here in Ephesians. He says, be careful how you use your time, your seasons, because the days are evil. Same idea, under the sun. But you were made for more than that. You were made for more than that. So Solomon not only points out that there are seasons, he also shows you within this world and in the seasons you're in, how dark it can be without God. Let's check that out right now. So King Solomon over a cup of coffee sits down at the table with us and chapter after chapter, he tries to show you if you want to go the under the sun route for your life. If that's how you're going to do it. No God, no purpose, no meaning, no eternal perspective. If you just want to live life in this world system the way this world wants you to live it, if you want to buy into the culture all the way, Solomon then is willing to give you the perfect picture of what it looks like because he's experienced it and he's seen it in ways that you simply cannot. He was given this unique position, he believes, so that he can help you avoid making those same mistakes. So we go to Ecclesiastes right now, chapter 3, and listen to what he says beginning in verse 16. So you may look back across the table at him and go, you know what? I see that life is seasons and I want to do them my way. And I want to live the life the way I want to live it. Right? Well, let's take a look at what he says. He says, Moreover, I saw under the sun, there it is. He said, I investigated this world system. I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous of the wicked for there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man, that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beast. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath and man has no advantage over the beast for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust and to the dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down to the earth. So I saw that there's nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? So Solomon says, okay, you wanna play that game. You wanna do life in your seasons your own way. You wanna spend your time however you want to. He says, if that's the way you wanna do it under the sun, then your life doesn't matter at all. It's totally meaningless. In fact, he says, if that's the way you wanna roll, then you're no better than the animal's. Let's take a look at what he says. First of all, he says, take a look around you. Life under the sun looks like this. Nothing makes sense. You look where justice should be, and it can't be found. He basically says, look at the judicial systems of the world historically. There, you would think there would be purity. There would be integrity. And yet, Solomon says, like we've all experienced, even when you look to places where people are supposed to be just, and supposed to be doing what is right, he says, you can find wickedness there. And then he says, and what about the righteous? Places where people are supposed to be righteous and good and upright, and maybe even serving God, so they say. Solomon saw in his day what you and I have all seen. He didn't have TV preachers and ministries coming apart because of lack of integrity, but he did see it in his own day, in his own way. And we've seen it. We've all experienced it. And Solomon says, if you don't tether your life to something outside of the sun, this life will eventually turn you into a dark, dark person in your heart because it's wicked and evil. And the very places in this world under the sun that should be upright, righteous, justice, you can't find it there. Not uh, not in a way that you can depend on, not consistently. And then he says, so if you want to go that route, you're not going to find any hope in those two places under the sun. So he says, okay, let's let's just be honest about it. If that's all there is, then you're nothing more than an animal. You're, you're going to go to the same place. So you can act like you're better than them, but at the end of the day, he says, you're both going to die. Animals live, and they die, and they turn to dust. And he says, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. That's a bleak picture, but that's what Solomon does. Remember, this series is all about Solomon taking the mirror of Ecclesiastes and getting you to look into it. And he wants you to see how preposterous, how ridiculous the notion is that your human life is, is completely disconnected from a creator, from purpose, from meaning. Like if that's how you want to live, then this is how dark it gets. You won't find justice. You won't find what's right because those things don't matter anymore. Where do we even get justice and righteous? If there's nothing outside of us, it's just life under the sun, then we're nothing but a, a, a higher form of the same uh, cells and matter that form things like bears and dogs and cats and birds. That's all you are. But Solomon doesn't believe that, obviously. See, what Solomon wants to do is he lays the full weight of the despair of a life without God on you Is he wants to ultimately point you to God. He doesn't want you to live like this. He wants you to see that your seasons were meant for more than that. Your seasons don't have to be things you dread. They also don't have to just be things that you let one go and step into another. There can be meaning and purpose to your seasons. In fact, Solomon goes one step further. He says... All of your seasons can actually be beautiful. Let's check that out now. So in the middle of all of this, uh, looking into the mirror, he starts by telling you the reality of life. Life's full of seasons. You're not in control of them. God is actually in control of them. And the, the quicker you buy into that, the better things are gonna be for you, the better your perspective is going to be. And then he, he goes on, and we just read it, to show you that if you choose to not understand that he's over your seasons, that he's given you these seasons, that he made you for them, and you wanna just do life on your own, apart from God, under the sun, then he says, you are meaningless, you're purposeless, you're just like an animal, you'll live, you'll die, you'll go to the dirt, okay? It's a horrible way to look at life. But in the middle of it, he gives you a new way. In the middle of it, Solomon gives you his preference for you, what he wants for you. The great king of Israel, the sage of Jerusalem, is looking at you. And today, he's not just the king with the crown. He's the preacher with a message for you and for me. And what does he say? Well, look at these verses, chapter 3, beginning in verse 11. He says, he, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceived that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So these are beautiful verses. I love what Solomon does here. In the order we read these verses in today, he gives you the reality, like, Here it is. Whether you like it or not, here's the truth. Your life is full of seasons. There's all different kinds and God's over them. Then he fast forwards and he says, if you choose to just be life under the sun mentality, life under the sun approach to life, then it's going to be meaningless, nothing more than animals. But in the middle of all that, he says, but here is the approach that you should take. When a human being who is created, you didn't didn't even control the fact that you became alive, a living being. God did all of that. It's his choice, but now that you're in this life, Solomon says, "Here's the best choice. Here's how to live," and the and it's a new perspective. And the first perspective is not only is God sovereign all of your se- over all of your seasons, God can make and wants to make all of your seasons beautiful. Beautiful. I love that word beautiful. That that word can also be a synonym to glorious. Jesus said it like this: He came into a mundane world, right? He became a human. Uh, people working and toiling and doing life every day, lots of mundane. And and Jesus said, I have come that you would have life and life more abundantly. In other words, Jesus stepped into a world that had the lines written on the pages, but it was all black and white, and he added the color. And he said, let's paint on the canvas. I came to bring joy and purpose and meaning. And too many of us aren't living like this. We, We regret too much about the season that we just came out of, And we miss it and we want to go back. We're overly nostalgic about the past and it robs us of our current season. So we're so stuck in the past, either from regret or from nostalgia. We think those were the best days of our lives. Or we think, oh, I just wish my kids were small again. Or I just wish I still lived in that town or I wish I was still a collegiate athlete or whatever. Or maybe you have so much regret that it robs you of your season that you're in now. And you think, gosh, I messed my life up so bad back then that I'm not worthy to have a good season now. And all of that will hold you back from the season you you are in now. And some of us are so caught up in the future that we can't embrace the season we're in now. You're all about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. One great writer said, a million uh, horrible things I worried about in my life, and three of them happened. You know, that's where a lot of us are, man. We're so caught up either in worrying about the future that we rob today in this season that we're in, or or uh, we try to control the future. We're control freaks, and we forget that God's in control of the seasons of our lives. So we try to control what the future is going to be, and we spend our energy and time and resources today in this season on trying to control something in the future that we actually don't have control of. And Solomon says, look, if you'll just ease up and trust God and tether your life to something outside of under the sun, then things become beautiful. And all of a sudden, if you're 28 years old and losing sleep every night because you're young married and you have a toddler or a baby that's keeping you up all night long, you begin to find beauty in that. And instead of just wanting that time to be done, you begin to let God supernaturally in your life help you to not only determine your season, But embrace your season. Because let me tell you, your kid isn't going to need you to rock him to sleep at 1 o'clock in the morning for very long. And you can either hate and despise those moments or you can embrace those moments for the beauty and the joy it is. You know what I would give to take my oldest son and be able to rock him to sleep again at 2 o'clock in the morning in a rocking chair until we both fall asleep? It happened a lot of times. If I do it now, it's kind of weird because he's 15 and he's my size. I tried one day to rock him to sleep, and he thought it was weird, right? So here's the deal. The question is for you, what season are you in right now? Are you, are you just wishing you were in another season? The Bible says that's not for you to choose. What season are you in? And the people who give God the most glory and live this life with the greatest joy and find the greatest pleasure in it are those who determine their seasons And embrace their seasons. So, these verses we just read here remind us, first of all, that God has a better way for you, uh, that He uh, creates and makes everything beautiful. He also says that He put eternity in our hearts. What does that mean? It means that although Solomon said, if you buy into this world under the sun, you're nothing but an animal, at the end of the day, Solomon's telling you, that's not you. You're not just an animal, you're different here's the deal i have a dog and i like him he's cool man he sleeps he takes naps on my porch upside down on a chair with his head hanging off the back of the chair i have no idea how the dog sleeps like this he's he's awesome i have so much fun with my dog but my dog does not have eternity in his heart he does not he will die and he'll go to the dust i hate to break it to all of you pet owners. Pets are a sliver of the imagination of our incredible God, but they don't have eternity in their hearts. They're not made in his image, but you are. And your friends are and your kids are, and your parents are, and your grandparents are. Humans are different. We're special. The Bible tells you that here. Before Solomon shows you how dark, the under-the-sun view of the world is, the evil of that that robs you of your seasons in your time, he looks at you through the lens of Scripture across this coffee table with his cup in your cup, and he says, you do know you're not just an animal, right? You do know that there's more to you than that. You do know that God has put eternity in your heart. That's why you long for more. You know what my dog never does? He never frets over how his career life is going. He never wonders if he could have done better with yesterday than he did. He was just happy that he chased some lizards around in my backyard, had water and food, and that I rubbed his belly when I came home. Because he's a dog. But that's not enough for us. We long for things. We're passionate about things. We wrestle with things. We have regret and hope with laughter and sorrow. And that's what life looks like for humans. Why? Because we are made in the image of our God. We have eternity in our hearts. We have eternity. You were that. What does that say? You were made for more than life under the sun, and not only that. He says God's made you to enjoy this life. You were meant to take pleasure in your work. We learned that last week, and this is a gift to man from God. God says to us: Every mundane season in your life can be beautiful if you'll let God do the painting. If you'll let God grab the paintbrush of your life, he can bring the canvas alive. And even the little mundane things can matter. Uh, Scrambling the eggs in the morning for your kids can become joyful to the glory of God. And mowing the grass and uh, taking your grandmother out to lunch because you haven't seen her in a few months. Calling your mom and having a good conversation. Those things become meaningful, not just mundane. When you attach your under-the-sun life to an over-the-sun God, everything changes. So what we see here is a different approach to the seasons of life, and you're going to have to choose. And Solomon says, you can choose the, I'm nothing but an animal. I'm going to live and die and go to the dust, and that's dark. Or I can choose to trust in humanism and go, we'll make the world a just place and a righteous place. And Solomon says, we've all been trying that for all the ages, and you'll find wickedness in all of those places as well, he said, no, 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 you're going to have to get outside of this under the sun world to find what you're looking for. And if you do, you'll find that everything can be beautiful in God, in Christ. So I really hope that you've enjoyed having a cup of coffee with me and King Solomon and Ecclesiastes today. As we look at the seasons of our lives, we've learned today that God can make them beautiful. So Again as we as we close I'd like to ask you what season of life are you in determine it and then embrace it what does it look like to embrace your seasons well number one give your season to God acknowledge that he's over it acknowledge uh, that he created you for it and then ask him to help you with it pray about the season you're in say it out loud thank him for it be grateful for the season you're in and then embrace it that means Different things for the different seasons you're in. Embracing being an elderly person in your 70s and 80s will look different than embracing uh, you know, your empty nester stage that, that just took place because your last kid went to college. And that's going to look different than your first year of marriage. And that's going to look different if you just started high school. We all have different seasons. But the one thing that's the same for all of us is we must determine them and we must embrace them. And, and let me just tell you, Solomon would say that it's foolish, it's folly, according to him in what we read today, to not do this. Is anything more, uh, what I say, foolish looking than to watch a person who's older decide that they're going to act like they're 20 again? It's when you see, look, let's be honest, you see the old guy that decides, you know what, I want to act like I'm young again, and he goes out and buys the convertible you know, souped up red car and gets a few earrings and, you know, and cool new hairdo and it it just doesn't work. Can we just be honest? It's kind of weird. It's like, dude, embrace your season. There's joy and beauty in your season. Why are you trying to grab onto another season? Embrace the one you're in. If you try to continue parenting your kids the same way, again, it'd be like me trying to get my 15-year-old to let me rock him to sleep at night. It's not going to work. I'm in a different season now. And I need to embrace this season. And oh, by the way, this one's gonna go fast. And one day I will wish for this season again. It's human nature. One day uh, I won't be as busy as I am now. My kids are in that go everywhere stage. We're always driving somewhere. There's sports, there's activities. And sometimes it feels like we're so busy. But you know what, one day I'll miss this stage because one day they won't need me to drive them places or coach them and help them. They will move on and I'll be in a different season. And the secret sauce to life is determining your season and then embrace it. So what would it look like today, not for you to just determine, but to embrace your season that you're in now? It, look, and again, maybe you're an older guy and you go, I still want the car. I want the, I want the souped up car. Okay, go for it. As long as you can say in your heart, I'm embracing my season. This is who I am. Because your season, whatever it is, there's beauty to be found in it. That's the promise there. And I can't find it for you. You're going to have to find the beauty in it. But, but the Bible says that you were created for that. You were created with eternity in your heart. You have a compass inside of you that helps you to see the beauty. And you were meant to find it, to discover it, to embrace it, and to see the glory and beauty of your seasons, whatever they are. So today I want to encourage you, determine and embrace don't begrudge, don't hate your season, don't wish it was over, don't just wait to get to the next season. I can't wait for my kids to leave, or I can't wait for my kids to not be toddlers, or I can't wait to retire from this job. All of that, listen, all of that language, Solomon would say, is under the sun language. But people who live life not just under the sun, but tethered to God, we don't talk like that anymore we begin to go, this season I'm in, it's sovereignly designed for me. I'm grateful for it. I determine where it is, I know where it is, I know where I am in life, and I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna live it. I'm gonna have joy and purpose and passion for this season of my life. When you do that, now you show the whole world what it looks like to know God and to be one of His sons and daughters. So today, determine, and embrace your season. I'll see you next time for a cup of coffee with King Solomon and Ecclesiastes.
1: july celebration for freedom my desires and i notice you in children's games and those who watch them from the shade every drop of sun is full of older winds. I will offer thanks for what has been and what's to come. and through. Mm-hmm.